Hey everybody, this is Jason from Cornerstone Dog Training and CornerstonePuppy.com and I wanted to talk to you today about an uh, email I got uh, from someone who's doing our puppy training and their puppy's about five months old now and they're moving on to advanced training and it's going to be great but uh, I was reading this email and she's saying how she's nervous about if she's doing it right and if her dog is um, understanding and um, she's heard, for example, and this is one of those phrases that really drives me nuts. I, I don't like this phrase much, but that a puppy's behavior is just a reflection of the owner. Uh, I really don't like that phrase because uh, I think I think some people say that and perpetuate that because they, they put the puppy in a victimhood mode of like they can't do anything when definitely puppies have choices and they, they have instinct and they follow it. And a lot has to do with us. Um, and what we allow, but at the same time, they're puppies. They're going to, they're going to do some crazy stuff. I mean, even older dogs know that, right? They're like, Oh, your energy's too high. I'm just going to stay away from you. So I don't like that phrase. And I don't like that belief that a puppy's behavior is just a reflection of the owner. Um, no, no, I totally deny that. I don't think that's true. Um, if it were true, then, (laughs) If it were true that when older dogs are coming to us, if the that dog's behavior is a reflection of the owner, I would have people that are like aggressive toward me just for being me, you know, like, and they're usually the ones saying, I have an aggressive dog. We got to fix this. Or, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just not a true statement. It's kind of silly. And I think sometimes it's perpetuated by those that um, are trying, maybe well-meaning, but they're trying to get people to change. And it's true. The dog will always change and we need to change maybe a little more or communicate a little differently so that we know that what we want is being relayed correctly to a dog or to a puppy, but just a reflection of the behaviors, beha- the behavior of the puppy is just a reflection of the owner. No. Anyway, it caused me to think and it caused me to think about um, some of the things and it can be kind of a scary thing getting a puppy there is a lot of responsibility there and we want to make sure we do it right. We we love those little fur balls and we want to help them out and develop properly, which is the whole reason why we did a puppy program that's unique as ours uh, because we saw so many dogs that um, could be helped in those those moments. And there's lots of dogs that like, I'm thinking right now of another dog this summer, a puppy this summer that the owner was really ready to get rid of and she's just struggling with it. And, uh, and I knew exactly what she meant. Like when it came to us, it was a pretty headstrong puppy and a headstrong puppy's actually usually a pretty good thing. I I would rather have a headstrong puppy than a nervous, scared puppy. And I told her, you know, it's going to be probably pretty hard puppy stage. And we did actually a lot of training with this dog. It's lived with us for over a month, but (laughs) <laughs> and uh, she was trying to decide if she should keep it, and we were just trying to help her out the best we could. But this uh, this puppy, I told her, it's gonna be, it's really headstrong. It's gonna be hard puppy training, but you're gonna hit like five months, and it's gonna be awesome because when you have kind of a headstrong, um, not too worried about things, I think you're the best in the world kind of puppy. They're easier to train moving forward, I, and, and you know you're kind of biding time with puppy things and building a foundation and going slow but you hit about five six months and you can really take off and with a dog like that you would and uh, we got to finish up the training and that dog did excellent 
but I feel like um, it's natural for us in any situation where we're trying to do something new, and especially something that we know is so long-lasting. We know this is going to be a 10, 15, maybe even 20-year commitment that we're making, and we, we want it to work out right as as well we should. We want it to... to we want to do things right at the foundation because we know if we have foundation problems then that is going to impact things forever. And so a lot of times the motive in training and with people that we work with ends up becoming kind of a doubt, fear, motivation. And I think, again, I think it's human nature to be that way and to, to be like, oh, I don't want to do it wrong. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having that desire. But when it becomes our motivating factor, then we're always wondering in the back of our mind, is what I'm doing right? Um, is this right? I saw another thing on YouTube. Is this right? Or is this thing on YouTube right? Because there's a gazillion different philosophies out there. You know, and is this, just, is this one that's going to work out? And so what is, you know, what's real, what's not? And that's a really fair question to ask because there's a lot of things that um, maybe is perpetuated by by culture, such as the puppy's behavior is just a reflection of the owner that is, that aren't true, but maybe is meant to guilt people into um, different actions. So guilt, fear, doubt, I, I don't feel like they're the best motivators. I feel like they're kind of short-sighted. And it reminded me this weekend of a story, and and I, I debated on whether I should tell the story, but it's such a good story, I can't resist. So um, when I was in high school, I was a sophomore in high school, a, a friend of mine uh, was on the wrestling team, and he was really passionate about it, and it was fun to watch him wrestle and just how excited he was about it. So he, he said, hey, Jason, you need to wrestle. You should do this. Like, it is such a cool sport. And I was pretty busy. I didn't think I had time. But, you know, I thought, I'm going to give it a try. So it's the season's already started, and I thought, I'll get into this and go for it. I don't expect to be good, but it, it sounds cool. You know, it's a sport that doesn't use a ball, and most every sport does. And and it's it's old, and it's been on around for a long time, and there's so much strategy to it. And I thought this would be fun. So I, uh, I became a wrestler in high school. And uh, I that first week, I just practiced with the team, and... There were so many, um, so many great people that, that helped me learn things and teach me new moves and what to do in this situation. When someone does this, you do this. And, and there's so much to learn. I remember going to sleep at night and like laying in bed thinking about, okay, what about this? What about that? And kind of being nervous, but at the same time, mostly being excited. And uh, I do remember, though, I remember uh, a, a senior boy helping me learn some moves. And while he has me tied up basically like a pretzel, he just casually asked, hey, do you want a banana split? And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. In a wrestling context, never say yes to a banana split. I'm telling you right now, it was not what I thought it was. All right? my All I can say is your back was not meant to move that way. And I think I, I remember just shooting like numbness down my leg. I thought I was paralyzed for a second. Freaked me out. He was laughing his head off. And uh, yeah, no to banana splits when it comes to a wrestling context, okay? Uh, two weeks into it, I went to my first match, my first wrestling match and that I was going to wrestle in and uh, weighed in and everything. And I can't even remember what my weight was and what I was weighing in at, but but that's the cool thing about wrestling is you're you're going against people that are your same weight, right? Well, as I'm wrestling junior varsity, because it's my first wrestling match ever, um, 
I'm standing there in the gym, and you know when you're in the gym, how it's like loud in a big old like basketball gym area. Excuse me, it's like all loud, and uh, you can't really hear any one thing until you focus on it. And then once you start focusing on it, it's like you can understand that person talking or kind of get that sound going on. And uh, I'm there, and I'm getting ready to go. I'm kind of nervous. I'm getting pumped, but I'm nervous. You know, I've never wrestled before uh, competitively. And my coach comes over, and he says, hey, Robbins, how's it going? I'm like, it's good, coach. I'm ready to go. I'm a little nervous, but let's do this. And he he said, do you, do you want to see who you're going to wrestle? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, coach, who am I going to wrestle? I'm ready. And he put his arm around me, and then he pointed across the gym. And as he pointed across the gym, I saw this wrestler. And I'm not making this up, okay? He was like cage tiger tiger walking, you know, back and forth, stalkingly kind of walking back and forth and kind of like grunting, growling to himself. He's like, ugh, ugh. And he's just got, you know, he's like, ugh, turning directions and just like, just like almost yelling, you know? And we're all just like, I was like, oh, wow, okay. And uh, the one thing that really stood out to me, and this is totally true, I'm not making this up. If you're a wrestler, then you probably know more about this than, than most, but um, he, he had a mask on and I'm not talking like a COVID mask or, um, it, it kind of looked like, I, like I turned to my coach. I was like, uh, coach, I, I didn't think people wore masks. I thought that was like a Nacho Libre kind of thing, you know? And he, he kind of laughed and he said, oh no, he, he's, he's got to wear that cause he's got a broken nose. And he, you know, you, the, the mask had two little eye holes. It was about an inch thick a foam mask. It was red. And two two little eye holes that made it so his eyes were kind of dark inside and a mouth hole. And that was it. And, yeah, coach was like, he, he's got to wear that because he's got a broken nose. And I turned to my coach as this guy's walking back and forth, grunting and growling to himself. And I'm like, oh, well, that's good for me, right? Like, he won't be able to wrestle as hard. And the coach looks as <laughs> as he this kid drops to the ground and starts doing those clapping push-ups. And he's yelling with each one, like, at the top of his lungs. And uh, my coach looks at him. I'm like, that's good for me, right? He's got a broken nose. And coach is like, uh, yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> he gets me a good game on, on the backside and then walks off. And I'm just standing there. And I can hear people next to me being like, oh, I'm glad I'm not wrestling that guy. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, I'm wrestling that guy. I'm wrestling that guy. This is not good. And I'm kind of nervous and I'm kind of scared about it. And I, then I thought, okay. Get, Jason, get your get your mind in the game. It's okay. Like, I I actually I played football too for a while, and uh, because I started a year late back in junior high, they put made me a lineman. If you know me now, like um, I, I I'm not. And in high school, I was high school. I was five eight, five nine, a uh, hundred and sixty. You know, like I'm not a big kid, but I was a lineman. And so I was like, well, look, it's fine. You know, wrestling is all based on weight. This kid can't weigh that much more than me. Like, it, it's it's no big deal, right? I've gone against people that are like 100 pounds heavier than me. So, by the way, it's not fun when you get caught in that situation either. But the, we get into the ring. And I guess it wasn't really a ring. It's just on the mat, right? But, <laughs> but it felt like we were going into like Nacho Libro ring. And, and we, we get on this mat. And the referees like shake hands. Now remember, this is my first time ever, so I I didn't know like it was like 
that was part of it, right? And so I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? Kind of shake hands. And he almost rips my arm off as he shakes it. And I was like, oh, boy. And as they blow the whistle to start, I think, you know what? I just had this weird thought. It crossed my mind. I was like, you know, if he murders me, no one will be able to identify him in a lineup because he's got a mask on, right? And I was like, this is not good. And we're circling back and forth. And as we're circling back and forth, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be scared. I'm not going to be intimidated. I'm going to go for it. And I shot it at his legs, grabbed one of his legs, and he countered. And I, I'm pretty sure that's the last time it was an even match. <laughs> Again, this is my first time, right? Now, I don't think his technique was very good looking back on it because I was able to go two minutes without him pinning me. And most of the time I was on the ground in that, okay? So he couldn't pin me and we we, we take a breather and then we go into the second break. Now, if you've ever wrestled before, I think of wrestling like, like you watch people arm wrestle and they're like, their arms are, you know, if they're really well matched, they're going at it and they're they're like holding still and like barely moving. They're kind of shaking, but... They're just, and there's like veins popping out of their head because they're like really going for it. The best way I can describe wrestling is it's really like a full body arm wrestle. Like wrestlers will use like every muscle to try and get that, to pin that opponent down. And so even though it may look like they're not moving, they are, their muscles are totally engaged and your muscles are pumping and there's, you know, your, your body's sending messages up to your brain saying, Hey, we need more oxygen. And your brain's like, lungs, go. And it's like, you know, p- p- breathing hard. And they're trying to get more oxygen to fill the need that those muscles, you know, the need of those muscles because they're firing anymore. And you're going, going, going. And your muscles are getting spent. And then as we're wrestling, he put me in a cradle, which is a pretty simple move. It's pretty, it's one of like the first moves most people learn. But he gets me in this move and, and he gets this move so tight that it actually cuts off my air supply. And my oxygen is gone. Like, I I don't know if you've ever been, like, exercising and then not had oxygen, but it was a weird feeling. It was like every inch of my body hurt. It was like pain coming from every direction. And I was like, I remember, like, my body just, like, screaming, like, we need more oxygen. And my brain's like, I'm trying and it's not working. And it's just like this, this conversation back and forth between my body and my brain. And I start to see flashes of light, little stars appear. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pass out. I, I think this is it. And I remember thinking, well, and, and he's got me in this move and I'm holding my shoulder up so he can't pin me. And I, I've got my shoulder up. He can't pin me. And yet I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to pass out. And if I pass out, he's won. It, it's, it's over. If I keep struggling, I'm passing out, period. And then I start thinking, you know what, though? It, I don't know as if I have ever passed out. I've, I've never, I don't know if I've ever had that experience in life where I've passed out. And so I thought, you know what? I, I'm scared. Like, <laughs> I'm blacking out a little bit here and I'm, I'm, it's not going to end well. They're going to have to get the smelling salts out and wake me up after this. But then I thought, you know, I've never passed out before. And I remember maybe it was the lack of oxygen to my brain. I don't know, but I remember thinking this. And so I remember thinking, I'm not going to give up. And as my world's going dark, I remember reaching for his hands and I grabbed, I just got a finger pulled on that finger and was able to get his grip off of me and I could get back on my stomach. And shortly thereafter, he did some other move and flipped me back and match was over, you know, pinned. 
And I remember hopping up and I, I mean, I, that was like near death. It was a struggle. It was painful. I remember in that moment before the pin, I remember thinking, do, do I like wrestling? Why am I doing this? Why would I put myself in this situation? Am I ever going to get out? Am I going to pass out? Am I going to wake up? What's going to go on? You know, like, are people going to make fun of me? What is my team going to say? And there's all of this doubt and fear creeping in. And then all I need to do is get a finger to get that open. And as soon as I got out of that, that move and oxygen flooded back, um, I was a little better. And then when he pinned me and I hopped up, I remember breathing hard like twice and then thinking, I'm okay. Like I'm fine. It's going to be fine. And I can move forward. Now, I, I lost that match. Right? That, that's all there is. But, but I, I didn't just lose. I learned. You can expect when you're training a puppy, you're going to do things wrong. Like you're going to – when it comes to technique, there's a reason we have dog trainers. Right? There's a reason that we do this online course at cornerstonepuppy.com. There's a reason why you know, people hire us because there's a technique to it. So yes, of course you're going to do things wrong. That's why you hire somebody. But, but it's all about what you learn from the process. So I tell this story coming back to the fear and the doubt. Right, There's plenty of things, especially in the heat of the moment, that make me question is this right? Am I doing it right? Uh, you know, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Um, with a puppy, it's like progress is slow. I thought they had it and they didn't. P- potty training's not working. That can be really frustrating. That will cause doubt and fear to creep in. What if it's like this forever, right? You, I don't know if I can handle having a dog that pees and poops all over my house. For, that would be so hard. Uh, my puppy's struggling. Again, is it a reflection of me? I hate that one, but that's a doubt or a fear that might might creep in. And while you may feel trapped and stuck, sometimes you just need a little finger to get out of, you know, the, the trap to to a little bit of technique that will just I can pull on this and I can I can get it to open up. And again, like I said, I I totally lost that match. And I found out later that he had broke his nose because he was running at night and ran into a pole, (laughs) which I think is hilarious. And at the same time, it's funny because I lost to him, the kid that ran into a pole jogging at night. (laughs) So no ill feelings there. But when it comes down to training our dogs, just realize that you're not going to be perfect. I'm a trainer and there's, there's times I mess up or I'm slow on my timing or... We're not perfect. We're not robots. Your dog's not a robot, right? So don't let doubt and fear stand in your way of moving forward. Make sure that you you know you trust the process and go forward. Fear and doubt is a short-term motivator. And a lot of people do things based on fear and doubt, but it's the long-term that we're looking for. We're, we're not training a puppy, really. We're building a dog. And so... Don't let doubt and fear stand in your way. Don't let it slow you down. Just keep moving forward and trust the process and you'll get there. And again, realize that you've got about 100 days of of really hard puppy training um, and then things open up. It's like, you know, that oxygen comes back into your life. And that may seem like a long time, but three months for a dog's lifetime for 10, 20 years is not a huge investment. 
And really with a couple more months, two or three more months, um, you're pretty much set with advanced training and functional training and duration and distractions. You could be totally set and have the dog that you want forever in the first year, under the first year of their life. And that's that's the big payoff. As we keep at it and we we trust it and we don't let fear and doubt cripple you or make it so that you um, don't actually act or don't do training because you're so worried you're doing it wrong, um, find a process that works for you and then move forward with it, trust the process and build that dog. And then just realize that there is still always hope um, and there's more to learn, always more to learn and more to do, but keep moving forward and it will work out in the end. All right, guys. Well, uh, sorry for a personal story. I kind of like telling stories. So I hope that that story (laughs) made you laugh. And I hope that you can relate in some small way and think of those doubt and fears that you're having in your personal life, as well as while you're training your dog. Why not work on ourselves as well, right? Think of those things that are motivated, motivated by fear and doubt and decide, you know what, I'm going to move forward and with progress, with um, direction, with action, and make something happen and not just let it happen to me. And happy training. Thanks, guys.